Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you listen to what your body is telling you. I'll also be interviewing Janine McLeod, who is a leader in the field of communication, creative energy, yoga, and wellness. She's authored several books, including the bestseller, Stimulated, Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work. She writes and records a podcast, 5-Minute Meditations, and will be launching her YouTube channel, Janine TV, at her username, Janine McLeod. In today's episode, Janine reviews her latest book, COVID Survival Guide, 29 Tips for Finding Joy and Managing Stress During Uncertain Times. For more information about Janine and to purchase her book, please visit JanineMcLeod.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Listening to what your body says. In psychology, we teach that whatever you believe to be true, in other words, your perception about a situation determines what you feel. What you feel determines how your body responds. And you're going to hear me speak more about this later in the interview. Did you know that our body basically has three different brains? You can't see me, but my hands are in quotations when I say brains. Of course, we know our cognitive brain, the brain in our head, that helps us with all of our functions, which basically is the executor of our body. It does everything we need it to do. But when it comes to more emotional aspects, and more visceral responses, the other two brains, once again in quotations, are your heart brain and your enteric brain. Your heart brain is that brain that always says yes. It's that brain that will always give people the benefit of the doubt. It always can flood our body with emotions when we think of perhaps two little otters holding hands in the water. <laughs> it's a cute little visual, but you understand how that feels when I give that imagery. Your body feels a certain way. When opportunities arise that we really want to engage in, that's when that heart brain will always say yes. It's that part of us that always gives the benefit of the doubt. It's that part that always gives a second or third or fourth or fifth or seventh chance to somebody. <laughs> and that's how that brain activates itself. Now, the third brain is one that's most important. And that's the one that will always keep you safe. That is called the enteric brain. The enteric brain is essentially a knot of muscles and nerve endings that's in your stomach. Have you ever dated somebody and afterwards you told your friends, I knew I shouldn't have dated that person. Something fell off in my gut. Well, that's essentially your enteric brain. There's a part of us that will always know when something is off. And that's one way that you can listen to your body. If you're talking to someone and something feels off, can't put your finger on it, a way to really discern what's going on is after the fact, you want to think through the whole conversation you have with that person. If you put your hand on your belly and as you break down that conversation, as you think it through, see if there's a pang or a twinge in your belly upon that certain fact that you think about. Because once you feel that, and it may take some time to really practice that, but once you feel that, you know, that's the particular aspect of that conversation that fell off with you. And that's when you can find out more information from that person. So the great thing about this lesson is we don't realize how much our body actually communicates with us. Obviously, our cognitive brain, once again, it helps us understand perception, which then links with our emotions, which then links with how our body responds. And once again, the heart brain is that emotional brain, that one that always says yes. 
So in that entry point, it'll be your emotions are linked with your thoughts and then your body responds. And then the last one is your enteric brain, which is the physical manifestation of how your body is telling you something's wrong. And that entry point is your body then tells your emotions, your emotions then tells your mind that something is off. So it's really interesting because there's so many different ways in which we can understand what's happening in life, but it depends on which entry point you're most comfortable with. Either it's your perception or your thoughts, which links to your emotions and then how your body responds, or your heart brain, which is your emotions, then links to your thoughts, then links to how your body responds. And then there's the enteric brain, which is the visceral body response. That is your body tells your emotions, your emotions then tells your mind something is off. So lots of really cool tips here. And once again, it's all about practice. It's learning to understand what your body is actually telling you. So sometimes it's an obvious response, but sometimes not so much. So remember, your body is always communicating with you. But are you listening? I have a fantastic interview in just a few minutes with Janine McLeod. We have a wonderful conversation about this particular topic. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesfree30daytrial.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Janine McLeod, who is a leader in the field of communication, creative energy, yoga, and wellness. She's authored several books, including the bestseller, Stimulated, Habits to Spark Your Creative Genius at Work. She writes and records a podcast, Five Minute Meditations, and will be launching her YouTube channel, Janine TV, at her username, Janine McLeod. In today's episode, Janine will review her latest book, COVID Survival Guide, 29 Tips for Finding Joy and Managing Stress During Uncertain Times. You may purchase this ebook at her website, JanineMcLeod.com. Welcome to my show, Janine. Thank you, James. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I am looking forward to this. It's so funny. I was talking to you in the pre-call and when I get to meet people, I feel like we're fast friends. And so you and I, I know we could talk for hours, which we probably already have or probably will be doing, (laughs) but it was so nice to meet you. So I'm really looking forward to hearing of all the things you've been doing. Oh, thank you so much. I agree. It's so nice to meet people that are like-minded. And we, like, I, like you said, we could talk for hours. <laughs> we but, really um, we'll try to keep this one succinct. Yes, right? <laughs> we will. So I wanted to ask you, so how did you go from communication into yoga and wellness? That is a great question. Well, you know, I started out in that field. I started my own business after being in the corporate world for a while, really doing things around stress management, time management, and communication. I was really in the training and development world and did team building and such. And probably about 10 years ago, I really started getting into yoga just for myself. And about seven years ago, I said, you know what? I really want to go back and get certified to teach yoga, but not necessarily to go be a yoga teacher, if that makes sense. I really wanted to learn more about what was behind all of this sure. yoga and understand the philosophy and, and all of that, not just the asana or the mm-hmm. posture. Yeah, sure. so, so yeah, so I went back and I got my certification. Actually, now I'm enrolled in a 300-hour oh, uh, wow. program with my same teacher, which has been such a wonderful thing. And I'm always learning. And yes. so I really, it's, in a way, I kind of came full circle. Mm-hmm. I mean, communication was great. And and what I do and how I teach, I think that was a really great foundation yeah. for what I'm doing now. But I've just always had such an interest in energy and yoga. And when mm-hmm. uh, my co-author, Andrew Peck, and I wrote the book uh, Stimulated that you mentioned in the uh-huh. intro, 
it was all about the creative habits. And, you know, we started uh, to touch a little bit on some of the things that I'm talking about more so now in the COVID ebook and then some of the other work I'm doing. So that's kind of how I got to this piece place. That's really interesting. You know, I'm listening as I'm hearing you talk. I, I was thinking because I've done yoga for years as well. I did. Um, okay. I do Bikram yoga and, um, and hot vinyasa or just vinyasa flow. So those are the types I do. But what's interesting is as you're saying that with the communication, but our body actually communicates all the time. And so either through aches and pains, through the stretching or through the emotions we feel when we're doing a stretch, all of that is a form of communication. So I still see that in the umbrella of communication. So it's, I guess it's more the extension of that, which is kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think, and what's so neat is that when we tune into Mm -hmm. what our body's telling us, that then is, that's when we can really feel centered. That's when we can really kind of get to who we really Mm -hmm. are and how we're connected to everybody. You know, we're not just ourselves having this human experience. We are having a human experience, but we're just so much more than that. And I think, you know, tuning in is one of the biggest things and one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I know, I know there's been many times when I've done yoga and in that, if, if I'm not fully realizing what's happening, all of a sudden I may get annoyed at the teacher because either her <laughs> voice is annoying me or, or what the, the pose I'm holding is just annoying me. But if you stop and ask yourself, well, what are you, what's really, what are you really experiencing? What is that feeling about? And so it, what I find is when you hold a position, wherever it's hurting the most, or where the stretch is stretching the most, and you feel a certain emotion, that's really where you're holding that energy. And so with that, then I link that to, okay, well then this is coming up, whatever emotions are, what is that really linked with? So for me, that's a gateway to say, the stretch is causing me to feel a certain way. And then right. what are, what's my thoughts about it? Because in psychology, we actually do the opposite. What we think, what we perceive to be true, in other words, what we think about determines what we feel. What we feel determines how our body responds. So yoga actually does it the opposite way, which is still an entry point. So what you feel, or excuse me, what, what your body is doing, you create an right. emotion, and then it links you back to how you feel or what you think Absolutely. about. Absolutely. So it's kind of interesting how it's the same process, but just a different entry point, which is pretty amazing. Exactly. And right. And at the end of the day, all of that, you know, because when we look at your mindset mm-hmm. and how we think, like you said, and that creates our reality, yes. right? So. How do we, it doesn't matter how we get there, but if we can kind of calm that portion down, because so often we're just in what yoga calls the monkey mind, yes, right? Exactly. We're like thinking here, we're thinking there. I know I am always oh, I am too. at risk Trust of me. that. I all the time. Me. So, you know, it's so important to how do we kind of just calm that down? And like you said, in yoga, it's the postures. And and, and I think what's interesting about yoga and, and certainly when it came here from from where it originated mm-hmm. in India and and there, when it came to the West, we we kind of um, we kind of just took the exercise mm-hmm, portion of mm-hmm. it. I think we're hopefully going in a little bit yeah. different direction. Of course, there's the breathing sure. and uh, you know the the meditation and relaxation usually at the end of a of a class. But so often I think we forget that really it is about you know it is about more of breathing bringing oxygen mm-hmm. into yes. every cell in our body and and that's giving life energy yes, and then breathing out to get the toxins out mm-hmm. and just all of that it's it's just such a great practice and one thing i do want people to understand is because some people really think that yoga is linked with religion and it is not linked with religion so i really want some listeners who may think that just to understand and give them more education that it has nothing to do with religion it has to do with your literally what you said is creating life within the cells of your body to be able to regenerate it but it also is linked with your spirit mind and body in the sense of, once again, your thoughts determine your emotions, your emotions determine how your body responds. In yoga, it's how your body responds, how you feel, how, what, what are your thoughts about. So it's the same thing. And same thing with psychology, it's just a different way to kind of look at how to understand who and what you are. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm glad you said that because it does. I think sometimes you've even seen the news mm -hmm. saying, you know, yoga's out of schools and mm -hmm. things like that. And yet yoga has been proven to do so yes. much oh for gosh. kids and, and for adults, of course. So absolutely, it's, it's kind of beyond religion, mm -hmm. if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Sure. You know, it's really more about us as eternal uh, conscious beings, you mm -hmm. know, really just kind of on this bigger plane. So yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly yes. right. And actually, to come back to something you said before, too, about the yoga teacher, I think that's so funny because I've got the same experience <laughs> where I'm just like, could you just get us out of this posture? You know, you're yes. driving me crazy. I'm getting like, but it's so interesting because my yoga teacher always tells me sometimes the hardest postures uh -huh. and the times when you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you and you do some serious yoga with the, the hot yoga in the yeah. Bikram. Um, it's the karma coming up. Which that's I think true. Is that's true. Yeah. That and is. so working through that, yeah. not to a point of pain, of course, yeah. but working through that really kind of gets rid of that karma mm -hmm. so that you can kind of get to that next yes. level. Well, it's funny. Sometimes when I'm really, really limber and I go in and in my mind, I'm thinking, because I'm, believe it or not, I'm pretty competitive. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be the best person, you know, because I'm very flexible for, for my for my body type. And right. so in my mind, I'm like, I do certain poses and I'm like, yeah, people are looking at me, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden I get all this pain and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> now I, now that I'm in this pose, I can't pull myself out of it. So the, the ego totally takes over. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. And I learned the lesson. So absolutely, I know. And that and that's just it, right? It's like, what are we learning about ourselves? How yeah. do we tune into that? And then how do we, if it doesn't serve us, of yes. course, then how do we do something different? But yeah. it does, of course, you know, yeah. keeping that. So it is quite funny though. I mean, it's very humbling, and I totally am fine with being, with, you know, with the humility. <laughs> but it just makes me laugh because I'm like, James, you've learned this lesson so many times, but yet you still do it, which is, you know, another form of life itself. You know, we've all right. learned lessons. And, but we don't implement those lessons and we continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. And we will have those lessons again, those opportunities to learn those lessons until we fully realize the lesson and then level up. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But I do commend you because, you know, I think there's a lot of men who don't go to yoga. Uh, I, I had a really good friend who was like, I, I hate yoga. I can't do yoga. And he's a runner. And I'm like, you probably need yoga more than anybody mm, yeah, because exactly. you don't want to go You're resisting. Oh, oh, it's boring. It's not, you know, because guess what? Stuff comes mm -hmm. up, you know, when you're trying to quiet your mind, when you're really trying to get into a posture, you know, just because you're in good shape, you know, yeah. as a runner, for example, in his case, um, you know, he, it doesn't mean that he was, you know, he could, he could, he could sure. be in better shape yeah. or he could loosen his body or it would really probably help his performance with the running, for example. And again, maybe yoga is not for everybody. I'm not saying it is, but, but certainly the yoga that I talk about, which is really more of the, uh, being attuned in the consciousness, of course, the stretching and the mm -hmm. postures, but the breathing yes. is probably the most important yes, thing. Is. Yes, it really is. You know, because it, when you really think about the breathing aspect of it, you know, as, as we know, cause we all breathe, but what, what people don't realize is that when we, we breathe incorrectly, you have your diaphragmatic, diaphragmatic breathing, other types of breathing as well. And so each types of breathing does different things. You know, for me as a, I don't think you know this, but I was, a, I was, since I was three, I was a vocalist. And so I was, oh, wow. did so much when I was younger as, yeah, vocal performance major. And from there I had to learn so much. And so I've able, been able to implement all that in everything that I do and learning how to extend my breath or learning how to, to do certain things so that I can be much more um, succinct in what I say and what I do. Oh, that's cool. great. Well, th I'm not surprised. And I do remember now on your website, I think you've got some of your okay. tracks, which is so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> Thank well, you. you know, it's true. You know, the breathing too, and you mentioned the diaphragm, which is the apparatus of mm -hmm. breathing, you know, especially when we're under stress. And let's face it, the whole world has been under stress this past year, right? Yes. Some more than others, maybe, but it's been a stressful time. Um, and, and it's funny because I think if, if this whole lockdown and COVID thing has, has done anything, it's proven that we probably 
didn't have um, control of everything that we yes, thought we did, certainly. right? Which is, we know that's true. And mm -hmm. you certainly in your profession know that, but but sometimes as humans, we say, but no, no, I have control out of, over yeah. that. But the breathing, you know, when we're breathing in and we're really breathing like a baby breathes, you know, that very rhythmic exactly. From mm -hmm. the belly, it's called called uh, dirga breathing in yoga. When we're breathing like that, it's physiologically impossible to be anxious or to feel anxiety yeah. because it's it's really you know taking our nervous system and calming it down. So it's just such a great it's such a great tip, and you don't have to be doing yoga to breathe exactly <laughs> in well, that way, right? You can take yeah. that with you anywhere. You've got your breath. You're good. Well, I want to piggyback off that because most people yeah. they've asked me when I've done episodes on breathing, and they'll say, well, why why is it that we don't breathe correctly? Because when you breathe, you're you're supposed to your stomach is supposed to exhale the way it would look. You know, you're supposed to see it, it fill up rather. And the way I, and I have no proof for this, but what I think about is because society has taught us to be very body conscious and we have to look a certain way, society has taught us that if you show up your belly at all, then all of a sudden you look overweight or you look something different. And so with that, we have consciously kind of brought ourselves back to, well, I'm not going to extend my stomach at all because that's not, you know, I don't want to look a certain way. And so with that, we've taught ourselves to then breathe through our our. The, the people can't see me right now, but breathe through our, when we lift up our shoulders. And so some people, right. it's very obvious that we lift our shoulders. Other people, it's very subtle. But if you find that when you do breathe, if your shoulders rise, more than likely, well, but you're not, you're not breathing correctly. And so the whole goal is to make sure that when you do breathe, that your stomach does expand. It doesn't have to be fully, you know, full belly, but at least yeah. you'll know you're on the right track if your belly does expand. And so because of society, yeah. I would think that we, nobody wants to look a certain way. But if you want to breathe correctly, you need to extend your belly. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you want to bring in all the oxygen yes. that goes to every cell in your body, I mean, I think that's what's just so amazing about it. Of course, you know, breathing, we need to be able to breathe to live. But you're right. I mean, the shoulders, and I think like it comes kind of from this, uh, the upper part mm -hmm. of our body. Of and it ends up really just creating more anxiousness, mm -hmm. more anxiety, and not, not calming us down, not putting us to a more uh, equilibrium type state. So absolutely. And I think you're right when you say that about how, you know, it's a the image, right? Well, what would it look like if my big belly sticking out? You know? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I might feel less stressed, but I'm going to be like concerned because my belly. But it's, it's so interesting how we, we we make things so much more complicated yeah. sometimes. Well, even that, just even if you don't want to look a certain way, you know, have your belly stick out. Well, that's creating right. anxiety. And if you're already breathing from the upper part of your chest, that's going to create more anxiety. A little tip for people who struggle with panic attacks. If you do find that you have a panic attack and you can't breathe, it's because you haven't fully opened up your lower belly to be able to breathe. The difference is if you have a panic attack and you cannot feel like you can breathe, breathe anymore? Well, you actually can't because the top part of your lungs are already full. So the rule of thumb is this. You hold your breath for a couple seconds. It creates more um, carbon dioxide in your belly. And then when you exhale, then it allows for you to fully release all that air. Because if you are taking those short little breaths, you don't have any more you don't have more room to inhale anymore. And so people, when they think they can't breathe, well, they can't because there's no more room. So you simply exhale. And it's, it goes, it's the opposite of what your body thinks it needs to do. Right. But if you exhale, 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 it releases that. And then you can take a full breath. The panic attack decreases and stops. Oh, I love that. That's actually really good because I mean, certainly now more than ever, yes. you know, people are experiencing that. And I think it's so important to know, you know, I always think of also the, uh, you know, the bellows from a fire. Uh -huh, yeah. You know, and you think of how you, you're pulling the air in, they expand, and then you're pushing it out. And, yes, you know, perfect. the air goes out and we're getting rid of those toxins. And I think that's great. But to know that sometimes you have to do the opposite yes. when you're in a panic attack. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> I said, it's counterintuitive, but I promise you it works as well. Right. <laughs> so I want to transition into your awesome new book that you just wrote, which is called COVID Survival Guide, 29 Tips for Finding Joy and Managing Stress During Uncertain Times. Tell me more about this. 
Yeah, well, you know, I back in, I guess it was March when for sure the New York area where I'm from went into kind of full lockdown. March of 2020? I'm sorry, yes, March uh, 2020. So about a year ago, I really, you know, I, I wanted to find ways to give back and to kind of help people with tips that are practical. Mm-hmm easily implementable, doable, all of that. Because, you know, it would be great if we could go get a massage, but, you know, not a lot of places are open right now or weren't certainly back uh, a year ago. And hopefully we're transitioning back to a little Mm -hmm. more normalcy here soon. But so this book was born from that. Now, you know, I named it COVID Survival Guide, but really it's a survival guide for any time because uncertainty is part of our lives, you know, from pretty much the moment we're born and just different things that happen in our lives. So it's really got, there's 29 tips. Each tip is about a page long and it has a practical step. And so what I hope people will do if they take a look at it is just go ahead and, you know, what, which one resonates for me? You know, you don't even have to read the book front to back. It's just like, maybe you could open it up and say, okay, let me try this one today. But it's all things that are so doable. Some seem probably pretty, you know, like real easy, or maybe even like, I don't want to do that, like clean a closet, but sometimes doing some kind of organizational chore or something like that takes your mind off of things that are stressful. And then you can come back to your center again. One thing I really want my listeners to know, because since since Janine, your show is going to syndicate multiple times, multiple times in the year, next couple of years, um, regardless of when you hear it, just like you said, there's going to be difficult times in your life. So whether you hear it during 2021 or in the future, your book is going to be applicable to all people at all times. And what you just said, of course, and what you just said as far as cleaning your closet, one thing I really teach is, and and I'll say this really fast, is your environment is reflexive of how you feel internally. So if you look around your house, like I'm looking at my house right now, and I can say, okay, well, James, how am I? So my house is going to be reflexive or a, a representation of how I'm feeling internal. And so if I can't control anything or if I feel I can't control my emotions or what's happening, well, when I clean my house, the actions of putting things back in order puts your mind and your thoughts back in order. So that's one way to control your emotion, your emotional state is to put your house or your your main area back into into order. And then when you maintain that order, it maintains your emotional threshold. So therefore, you're able to maintain that to have the energy and strength to then move beyond whatever you're experiencing, which helps you once again, level up to a different, different area. In your I life. love that. I love that because I think intuitively I know that works for Perfect, me. Yes. So, but you have that, the psychological perspective that makes it like, yes, it actually does work. And yeah, it does. <laughs> so my listeners, I want you to know, I highly endorse Janine. She's fantastic. And so whatever she's going to teach you, I know it's going to be right spot on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course. So-, so let's talk a little bit more about the book. So can you give us, you know, you said a practical tool would be perhaps clean in your closet. Anything else you can think of that would be helpful for people? Yeah, well, we talked about breathing already. And mm-hmm. I think if, if, if that's the only thing that people take away as they're listening to this, that they can really train themselves to breathe in such a way that it will help them calm their nervous system and really help them with stress and anxiety. I think that is, is probably the perfect thing. Perfect. Um, another thing, though, is, is really it's so simple when you think about it, being grateful. Yes. You know, if we tune into our thoughts and, and you know this from the work mm-hmm. you do, of course, is that, you know, very often our thoughts might not always serve our <laughs> purpose. You know, that's, it's like, oh, my God, or I didn't do that or, oh, God, I got to that, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, so so I think people checking in with how they're thinking and how they're talking to themselves, the, the whole yes. self-talk thing, uh-huh. and then changing that. And even just to be grateful for something small, the fact that you woke up that morning, the fact that the sun is out, the fact that you get to walk to the beach, maybe the <laughs> fact that whatever it might be that you have someone to love in your life, a, an animal or whatever, um, you know, that raises our vibration so high. Yes. And then that's when we start to attract 
the things that we do want. And yes. once we see things and from that grateful perspective, we can really, we can conquer the world. We have, there's so much we have. And, and that's one of the things I love about your show. You know, you, you tell people that you, they already have what they need yes. inside of them. And that is true. Sometimes we just have to kind of, you know, course correct and, and, and change the way we think about things. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the other thing is just to kind of, I guess, once again, piggyback off what you're saying, yeah. when people talk about the vibrational changes from a neurological standpoint, when you focus on gratitude, it actually creates dopamine. Dopamine is one of the neurotransmitters in your brain, which is that feel good emotion and feel it puts you in a feel good state of mind. And so when that, when you, when you really concentrate, concentrate on the gratitude, the more dopamine that's created, it automatically changes your outlook about what you're thinking about. And so with that, when that dopamine, when that dopamine is experienced in your brain, it, it does change the physiology of your body. And then the physiology then allows for you to once again, look at your life in a different way. So the more gratitude you have, the more dopamine is created and the more dopamine is created, things around you just don't matter the way they did before. I love that. And that just proves that we have everything we yes, need. We I mean, do. we could, we could, we have the dopamine there. We yes. just have to know how to access exactly. it. You know? <laughs> That's great. No, I love that. That's a great tip. Well, we only have a couple more seconds here, but I know we didn't yeah. get a chance to talk about your YouTube channel that's coming up or your podcast. But if my listeners want to find out more information about you and to listen, once again, listen to your five minute meditation podcast, uh, to watch your new YouTube channel that's coming up and to also yeah. purchase your book. Once again, COVID survival guide, 29 tips for finding joy and managing stress during uncertain times. Where will they find all this information online? Yeah, thank you, James. It'll be on my website, which is uh, JanineMcGlade.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-I-N-E. I've got a lot of N's in my name, McGlade, N-C-G-L-A-D.com. You can find everything there. I've even got a, a club now that I'm just starting oh, that's going to have, a, it's a self-care club. So if people are interested, that's also my website. And the meditations you can find anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So. Awesome. Well, my listeners know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at JamesMillerLifeology.com, and I will have all of her, uh, Janine's content contact information in the show notes. Janine McClay, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really appreciate it all. Oh, James, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Fast friends, like you said. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.